Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Really excited to talk about today's topic because, well, the number one money myth uh, is one that we're going to talk about here in a second. And the very fact that we're talking about it it goes against a myth. And so this is like kind of a meta thing. Yeah, my brain just exploded. Yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around. No, I can't even do this now. Yep. Okay. So everybody just take a second, rewind. Here's <laughs> what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the three biggest money-making myths out there. Um, not necessarily money-making, but just money myths. Money myths. Yeah. We did an episode on this a long time ago called the seven money myths, but we decided to, to distill it down to the three most important biggest ones that I, I think trip up people the most often. At least they tripped me up. Yeah. Two of these, Got I can say. Yeah. So without further ado, mm. number one. Should we start with number one or should we work our way up to number one? That is the question. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, let's, 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 let's take number one and we'll put it in no particular order at the end <laughs> so that we work that our way up like to it. Sounds like a very particular order to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're actually going to go to our number two money myth. We'll save number one for last. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going two, three, one? Okay, let's go three, two, one. Oh. Our listeners are like, <laughs> it's the worst tell us, just tell us the goddamn money myth already. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Number three, but first up, <laughs> in no particular order, but these are in a very particular order, is that it takes money to make money. It does, yeah, right. No? Yeah, I've seen per, I, I've seen a few instances of people just kind of manifesting money out of nothing. Well, yeah, if you have a money tree, you have a money tree. No, well, it takes money to buy it. Well, I mean, the U.S. government made a lot of money. They don't, oh, we don't talk about that. we don't talk about that. They, they don't count. That's fine. Anyways, um, no, this is I think I think this is just kind of a mental barrier people have. Uh, a lot of people like to find reasons why they can't do something as opposed to find ways to do something. And this is just a really way, easy way to justify why someone doesn't have money. Oh, well, I, I don't have the, the capital needed to go out and generate returns. That's, that's really convenient. Mm -hmm. It's really easy for you to say that. But unfortunately, um, I don't think it's true. Yeah, we know it's not true because you can look to countless examples of billionaires, much less, you know, millionaires who started with nothing, who came from the mean streets of some, you know, slum and they had no money to their name and they went through just god awful ordeals and yet here they are. They were able to make something of their, you know, their financial future. And it wasn't predicated on having money. It was largely due to having the desire, having the the resourcefulness and having the ability just to stick in the game long enough. And I think it's very easy to look at people who do have money and say, oh, that's easy for you to say. You've always, you had a silver spoon or it's so much easier when you have money. And that is true. It is 100% easier to make money when you have money. I think that's 100% true. But you do not necessarily need to start having the money to go get money. And as long as you buy into that narrative, you're just going to be limiting yourself. Yeah, I would almost argue that it's a disadvantage to start with 
the is it silver spoon or golden spoon? silver spoon. silver spoon yeah it's because if you look at the way um uh you know some of the old money and has has been made over the years it's always lost right the the generation that creates the wealth initially um uh usually creates it, it, it it's it's usually self-made and then as you get you know one generation in two generations and usually by the third generation um people are so entitled it's always been there they, they have no incentive to go out and, and work and create and it most money doesn't last past like two or three generations i think the uh like the rothschilds are like the exception but most other wealthy families it starts with the self-made guy who started from nothing or girl and then by the third generation the people who had the money sure they had a bunch of tools they could have used to continue making more but why you already have it you get lazy mm -hmm. and it's all gone and, and the thing I think about here a lot is that money is a tool. And if you don't know how to use the tool, then me giving it to you isn't going to do you a lot of good. If anything, you're just going to break it. And, you know, you have to look no further than the fact that, like, I've been eating vegetables my entire life, like in fruits. Right. But and so, like, if you just gave me, you know, 100 apples, cool, I have my 100 apples. But if you asked me to grow an apple tree, I would have no clue how to do that. I would have no idea how to go and produce more apples. And so giving me the thing, give me the fish, I'm going to eat it, right? But if I don't know how to actually go out there and get more fish, then I'm eventually going to run out. And I think that's the thing that's really hard for people because they think, oh, if I had the thing, if I had the money, then I would invest it in learning how to use this tool. And it's completely, I think it's completely backwards because in my experience, there's very few people and you just have to look no further than lottery winners. There's very few people who, once they come into money, if they didn't already know how to use that money, were able to retain it. They end up inevitably losing that money if they did not acquire it of their own resourcefulness or ability. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So I guess the big question then is if it uh, doesn't in fact take money to make money and you have no money and you want money, how would you start to generate money with no money? That was a very poorly worded <laughs> I got, question. I got what you're going. I think in the beginning, all you got is hustle, right? You got, if you have no experience and you don't have the capital, um, but you're young, you got time, you, you got hustle. So Even you, if you're old, you have time. Yeah, right? if you got old. Yeah, like if you don't have the skills, like, you have to make up with gusto for what you lack in skill and resources. And that's all you got. So you got to go hustle, acquire the skills, put in the time, get around the people who have the experience so you can learn from them. And you can translate that hustle into capital or resources in the future, which can be transmuted into capital. But um, yeah, if you don't have a specialized skill, if you're not particularly educated in any kind of technical skill like um, programming or something like that, um, there's still low barrier ways to start to generate income. Usually you're going to sell a, a product um, that doesn't take a lot to develop. Or the easiest one is you sell a service. You effectively sell your time initially to get the initial money in. So wash cars, walk dogs, you know, anything to get the initial dollars in. And then if you use those dollars effectively, you can invest that into either growing that thing, starting another thing. If you do have a specialized skill, you know, then you usually get a little bit more, uh, money for your time initially, but that's how you start. You sell your time at first and then as quickly as you can, you, you stop doing that. <laughs> and, and, but that's, that's how you got to get going. Right. And it's a mindset thing too, right? 100%. Like the idea that you will be trading your time for money. And when you're young and you, if you're reading all the finance books and you hear everybody talking about how, you know, don't trade your time for money, you, I, I think that can do you a disservice because in the beginning, all you have is your time. So you got, that's you it. probably don't even have skills. Yeah. So you can't, so. you can't jump that part of the equation. So don't try to. Yeah. Just recognize that 
long term, that's not where you want to stay mm-hmm. and that you need to be moving forward with a game plan that gets you out of trading your time for money as soon as possible. Yeah. So, so I guess, I mean, that is fully debunked, right? I debunked. It's on the floor. It fell off the bunk bed. Yeah. So it's not looking too good. let's look at number two, which happens to also be two is two. Two, two. Yeah, two is always you. two. <laughs> which one's that? Our audience hates us. And They're like, I am so confused. <laughs> um, money is evil. Evil. Or money's the root of all evil. There's yeah, a lot of variations every time I talk about this, billionaires like, are evil. Well, yeah, we I, should have a thumbnail for this with Bill Gates with his little red evil eyes because he's rich. I did a <laughs> I read an article on this a while back that money, like people believe, money is the root of all e- evil, and so many people take to the comments to point out that well, actually, the <laughs> the original quotation from the King James Bible is that the love of money is the root of oh, all Shut evil. the fuck up. And okay. it's, you're cool. technically right. However, in common usage, that is not the, that is not the reference that people are making. They are making the, the connection that money is evil. They have lost that uh, love of money part of the, the, the quote. And so that's the one that we're going to focus on because a lot of people believe that money is evil whether they acknowledge it or not by their Mm -hmm. actions and the way that they view the world and they move (laughs) forward and self-sabotaging themselves they they do believe that money is evil and that trying to achieve it and and put yourself out there is a bad thing and you have to look no further than this then a lot of people will um they they get weird about talking about money right because they're like uh I but don't you can't want to do that. That's like uh, uh, religion and politics, right? Exactly. And music. Do don't talk about those things. <laughs> and, and it's like they, they just have like this subtle uh, limiting belief that money is bad and therefore I shouldn't talk about it or want to talk like uh, go after it because that would make me a bad person. Well, it's also built, been built into at least Western society and I'd say probably a lot of societies for a long time. If you look at um, Ebenezer Scrooge, right, in Christmas Carol, he's you know, the, the bad guy and he's rich or, um, another uh, Bible reference that it's harder for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle than to get into heaven. Yeah. So like everything in the Bible, you can interpret that a bunch of different ways, but a lot of people choose to go with, Oh, having money makes you bad or, uh, Mr. Potter and it's a wonderful life. There's so many like cultural things that imply, if not explicitly say that the rich guy is the bad guy. In the last decade, we had Occupy Wall Street, right? Like 1% is evil and there should be like being a billionaire is morally reprehensible and all these things. Yeah. And it's just, it's really interesting because as long as you hold that belief that money is evil, you will, you will always, you'll never be able to move towards it and have a relationship with it. That's actually healthy. Like you will always kind of have like this nagging sensation in the back of your mind. If you do well in life, you start making more that you're now a bad person and that can really weigh on you. Yeah. In, in our society, it, it's a very necessary tool. Uh, it's up there with water, shelter, uh, air. You can use money to buy a lot of those things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's something that you need to function in society. And if you want to go live in the woods by yourself, that's perfectly fine. But of people are going to need money to function in society. And if you are simultaneously believing that it's, it's evil, but you also need it to survive in society, you're setting yourself up for a really frustrating existence, in my opinion. Totally. And what's one of the really interesting things about this idea that money is evil with our society, especially like the U S Westernized American culture is that like we have this tendency to put wealthy people on a pedestal and then also demonize hmm. having money. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times the celebrities, the people that we look up to, they are very rich, right? And 
there's like a particular point where it's it's idolized and then you get to a certain dollar amount <laughs> and you become evil. I don't know when it happened to Bill Gates. It, it hasn't really happened to Elon yet because he's he's so he's charismatic enough to offset it, but I feel like it's once you get into the B status that people start to assume you're like evil. I don't know why. It's well, it's, it, it maybe another one of the money myths that we could have talked about is that money is scarce, right? And there's like, I think this belief, this really deeply rooted belief that um, somebody else having money means it's taking something out of your um, bank account, right? Like Elon having a billion dollars means that there is $1 less to go into a billion dollars, a pe- uh, billion people's bank account. And this is not really how it works. Nope. And so if you operate from that scarcity mindset and think that there's only so much money to go around, then you're probably right. Then maybe maybe being a billionaire is morally reprehensible. Mm-hmm. But that's that's actually not the correct way to look at the the way that money works. So Yeah, no, it's 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 a means for transferring value, but it's 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 the the productivity of the human race is 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 always increasing and growing and and so there's always more and more value available to be transferred so it's not a zero-sum game at all like the pie is getting bigger and bigger and bigger so a bunch of people can keep getting wealthier all at the same time and it doesn't need to come out of somebody else's pocket you could innovate something create something new boom uh wealth was effectively just created out of nowhere out of your brain out of your ideas but it's it's not a zero-sum game i don't know it's i feel like i saw a clip one time of musk explaining this uh incredibly well and simplistically let's see if i can find it because yeah. i can't remember how he did it but it was much more eloquent than what i just said you you could definitely look up naval and his his thoughts on this yeah. he was on the joe rogan podcast and was talking about how he believes everybody can be wealthy and um and i i, I generally believe that to be true and whether or not it is true technically speaking i think is irrelevant because i think it's in the trajectory of truth and you have to look no further than the fact that like the average human on the planet right now, even like the person whoever is ranked like last place in, on the planet in terms of like the quality of their life and whatnot, they're, they're still probably doing better and living a better quality of existence than their great ancestors were 400, 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so the quality of life continually is continually improving across the globe. And if that's not a sign that it is possible for everybody to become wealthier, then I don't know what is. Most homeless people have iPhones, and I'm not exaggerating. I saw two homeless guys. That, well, they came up to me on the street today. Both of them were rocking nice Jordans. That's that's a, those are assets, man. I those know. I was like, I like kicks. Yeah, I got no, I got no money. But for that's you. that's a very <laughs> good point. I mean, I think it, maybe it wasn't of all that said. Like, if you could choose between being, you know, poor in 2023 and the richest person in 1500 or something along those lines. Yep. Maybe this was the like same. Like King episode. Louis the Fourteenth or whatever. Right. Yep. You know, anyone who looks at those two. Um, lifestyles of what that would actually be like would choose uh the poor person in this year because yeah. even the richest person in 1500 had a whole host of issues that even the poorest person today does not have to deal if, with and if you don't agree with if you're listening to this and you like fundamentally disagree with that then you do not understand how shitty life was back it in the 1500s just the odor <laughs> just the odor no plumbing guys no plumbing just saying also uh <laughs> no antibiotics uh we did not you're probably gonna be dead by 30 you're, you're not gonna enjoy your existence <laughs> yeah, it's gonna suck it's rough so okay money is evil no it's not it's a tool depending on how you use it sure you can use it for evil but i like money has only ever been a good thing and one other life. thing on this one too that i think something that chamath palihapitiya said 
once that, that I kind of aligned with it is that if, if you are acquiring wealth, you can put that money into whatever it is that you believe in or what kind of uh, philosophical efforts you want to try to move forward. So, you know, if you do have money, you could influence the world in whatever way that you want. So, you know, take that for what, what you will. It, it goes back to the idea that if you had to choose, that if you wanted to be a philosopher king, you first become a king and then a philosopher. <laughs> it's... It's easier than the alternative of trying to become a philosopher and then a king. Mm. So go make your money. People with the money have a much easier time influencing the change on the world that they want to have for whatever, you know, whatever you believe that would be best for the world. So mm. money is evil. No, nah, I don't believe it. Nope. All right. So which leads us then to our number one money myth, the one that we saved for last in no particular order. But in this case, definitely a particular order. Um, number three, but pretty much number one. Num number three. Three um, in that we're going to talk about it third, but number one in that it's the one that we believe in the most, or most important. The biggest one that needs to be debunked. Yes. Okay. So the biggest money myth is that you shouldn't talk about money. And the fact that we're sitting here talking about money makes this one, it makes us uh, very taboo. And so you should probably turn us off right now because this can get you canceled. Mm -hmm. so just by listening to this, just by association with us, um, you're going to get canceled because you're not supposed to talk about money. First, first rule of money, don't talk about money. <laughs> it's like money. Uh, Sec club. Second rule, of, <laughs> second rule of money, don't talk about money. No, this one I think is. Um, I feel so strongly about this one because I feel like this is at the root of a lot of people's problems with money. Yeah. Because it's taboo. Because you can't talk about it. So many people don't know enough about it to effectively manage their financial situation, and so it kind of is like this self-fueling. Um, um, it's not self-fueling, but it's this kind of like self-fulfilling. I don't know how to phrase this. It makes the problem worse. If you think that you can't talk about it, you're never going to learn about it. And money's always going to be a problem for you. Yeah. I was trying to think of a little soundbite to, to sum that up, but I'll get there. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, um, <sighs> the reason I think the poor typically like generationally stay poor is a large part of it is that they don't talk about it. They don't talk about money. They don't talk like, because it is such an uncomfortable, almost embarrassing thing. Like when you don't have the thing, you feel like you're doing it wrong. And you and because money is one of these things that a lot of people use to um, associate status with. Mm -hmm. If you don't have money, it by definition means you're low status. And I'm not saying that's true or not, but I'm just saying like culturally, that's what a lot of people associate. And so when you suck at the money game, you think, oh, I'm low status. So I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to draw attention to the fact that I'm low status. And so we do things to posture, like our homeless guys that I was talking about with their Air Jordans. Like you don't have money, but it's and like more important for you is to um, be perceived as though you do yeah. rather than actually go make the money. And, and so when you feel that you can't talk about it and you have nobody to talk to it with because your family puts their head in the sand, your friends that you hang out with, they're all poor and they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to draw attention to them being, you know, low status or whatever, then it becomes this negative spiral and yeah. it's very, very hard to get out of. No, you, it's really hard to learn about something that you can't talk about. Yeah. It's probably damn near impossible. It's probably damn near <laughs> I mean, impossible. you could you know, research it yourself and theoretically get there, but it's putting up a huge barrier in society, I think, when we make something taboo to talk about. It's you know really hard to move forward in advance and, and get better at something. But 
Um, and it almost ties into this money is evil myth too, right? Where when you decide, hey, I want to start winning the money game. I want to play it differently. I want to start talking about it. Your friends and family, depending on where you come from in life, they start to look at you and be like, hey, nope. why? That's bad. Okay, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Mr. Douchebag. Mm, yeah. And that's suddenly you're a bad person because you want to change your financial situation. Yeah. And so that's, that's not helpful. No, it's not. And then when you actually do acquire money or wealth, it's still bad to talk about it because now you're bragging. Right. I was so, just listening to a podcast with uh, Ali Abdal, who's like this this YouTuber. He's, you know, they when he started, he, he every year he would share his financials. Mm-hmm. And in the first year, he's like, I made a hundred bucks. And then in year two, he's like, I made a thousand bucks. Well, oh, this I year, listen to that one. This year, he good. made like five million. Yeah. And and he was and, and he's refreshingly like, transparent. Totally transparent. And he but now he's like, books. well, now it's getting to the level where it's kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. because in the beginning. When you're sharing your 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 financial success of a hundred dollars, a thousand, it's almost cute, right? Your friends are like, "Oh, cool, yeah. good job." But once you start getting to like those bigger numbers, now it's almost like bragging or rubbing it sideways. in. Yeah, I mean, guys like us are like, "Oh, great, sweet, like, this is interesting data." Yep. But a lot of people are because they think, "Oh, money's evil" or whatever. They're like, "Oh." It's just kind of cringy or whatever, which is it, really unfortunate. It's totally unfortunate. And so I think you have to, if you want to change, like your 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 money outlook, you got to, I think, change your environment about who you're surrounding yourself with yeah. and like their willingness to talk openly about these things. And there's usually a lot you have to pack, unpack uh, uh, mentally too with how you feel about it mm. and both consciously and subconsciously because the thing I liked about that episode you just referenced was those guys were kind of like going Dr. Phil on each other back and forth and like challenging each other like, oh, why do you feel that way? Let's talk about that. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yep. They even labeled a therapy session in the... Um, they totally did. In the little, uh, what do they call that? Table of contents on YouTube videos? I yeah, uh, timeline something? Yeah, yeah, it's a table it, of Like contents. bookmarks or chapters. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But I, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, even, you know, even people who are pretty far, I would say pretty emotionally secure and mature with respect to their finances and talking about that and trying to normalize it, you still get caught in these little loops of like uh, insecurities that are usually subconscious mm-hmm. about why you think something or That's why crazy. you do things. So it's, it's really interesting. We should probably link to that episode. I thought it was super cool. Totally. It's not at all about real estate, but no. it's really interesting if you're into uh, business content creation, YouTubing. And, and that's a really good point because it shows, I think, even at the different levels of the game, there's like all of these insecurities and, and weird bugaboos that can come up to hold you back without you realizing it. And so Hormozy talks about it as like the woman in the red dress. And like you have to get really good at saying no to different opportunities. But, you know, you, you think you're good at saying no to $100 opportunities, but then now you have to say no to $1,000 opportunities and 10000 100000 And the woman in the red dress gets more and more attractive. And with Ali, he was talking about how like they, they offered this program for $2,000 and he had like all of this almost like guilt or like this weird feeling of like, oh, why am I charging so much? Like, so even for him in a business doing 5 million, he still looks at a number like 2000 and feels like this weirdness. Yeah. And it's just really interesting. Like we all kind of, we all kind of have money damage, I think into to some levels. Yeah. You either like, I don't know, uh, I relate to that concept a lot. If you grow up not having money, you you, you have this kind of like, you might, you probably are going to have some kind of guilt associated with acquiring it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that because it's like, oh, I, uh, well, we don't need to d- dive into that, but it, very interesting episode. I would definitely check it out if you're at all interested in those topics. Like I said, not real estate at all, but um, 
But very interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. I like yeah. it. It's not very often that you see people being like that transparent with their their finances and yeah. talking about it. And like the, it's very easy to look at people who are successful in life and just kind of assume they got it all figured out. But then to hear that they have a lot of the same issues mm-hmm. around topics of money or guilt, like I think guilt with money is is so much of what holds people back. Yes, just feeling like oh, it's dirty. I shouldn't want this. I should. I should. I don't know. Be pursuing something of more gravitas in life yeah and usually that stuff isn't like outright being said in your head yeah it's like a a silent track in the background that you're not really aware of it's a belief it influences your behavior but it's not like you hear that voice explicitly saying that thing so it's it's kind of tricky and it's Mm -hmm. not until you actually start talking about it with somebody and they start to question you that you realize oh i I guess i do believe that and that's why i I didn't want to you know post this product i felt dirty selling it but that that logic is stupid and that's why you have to get around people who are willing to talk about money yep like that's why it's so important because a lot of times you can't see your own your own shit because you're so close back yeah someone's got to challenge you question you and so talk about money that's it it. (laughs) do it (laughs) (laughs) all right so those are those are our three money myths i'm holding up four fingers so just in Take case that. you weren't confused enough with <laughs> the order and the numbers, there you have it. Yeah. Hopefully you got a little bit of value out of this. Hopefully this has like, if you, I don't know, maybe you're married and you're like, oh, we never talk about finances. Maybe it's, you know, you're young and your parents never talk about it and your friends don't talk about it. Now you're like, I need to change this. Or um, hopefully this brings you a little bit of value. Hopefully it gives you that push into the right direction to I don't know, change the relationship that you have with this thing. That is actually quite important. A little bit. A little bit. So, All right. That's going to do it for us. Goodbye. Good luck. And uh, that'll do it. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.